Welcome to the Ben Racky Fitness Show. I'm here with Becca Fay. You are Dr. Becca Fay, correct? I am. Thank so, you. <laughs> um, Dr. Becca Fay, um, just give us your, give us your background and kind of like how you got into um, the physical therapy slash strength and conditioning realm. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm a physical therapist by trade. I graduated from the University of Miami doctoral program in 2019 and, um, my route took a little bit of like a non, I don't know, a non-traditional route, I guess, right out of PT school. Um, I worked in acute care per diem for the first eight or eight or so months, I think. And then the pandemic hit and I was, I was already not really too like keen on acute care, you know, being in a hospital all day. Um, working with a lot of sick people. There were days it was very, very rewarding. Um, my, I was in Miami, so my Spanish got super good. Now it has dwindled away. It's my husband is fluent in Spanish and I'm, I'm ashamed of how rusty my Spanish is right now compared to what it was. But so there were like little silver linings to working there. Um, great team. And then when the pandemic hit though, I was just like, okay, this is not really what I, this is not my, my calling. And that was kind of like a recurring theme for me in PT school as well. I kind of, I came in with a background in personal training and um, working with active clients and um, athletes. And I always tried to keep like so many doors wide open in terms of, oh, I'm open to learning more about acute care. I'm open to learning more about cardiopulmonary rehab. I'm open to learning more about neuro rehab. And um, I feel like I kind of got a little bit lost by being so open to everything. Whereas some people come into PT school and they're, you know, with, with a background similar to mine, they're like, all right, I'm working with athletes. I'm going into ortho. Um, this is my path. But instead, I kind of let myself get pulled in different directions and in the end, I'm thankful for it. I get like a nice wide variety and a wide range of skills and, um, a huge framework to go off of now when I see patients. Um, but I could feel myself just getting pulled in a direction that I was like, wait a second, let me re reevaluate what I actually got into this field to, to do. So after I was done working at the hospital, I took a job in pediatric sports medicine up here in South Florida. And, um, great, great job. Loved the team, loved the population, almost the most desirable outpatient setting you could ask for with one-on-one, uh, patient care every 45 minutes. Um, pretty good facility, not the most updated. Like we didn't have like a squat rack or anything cool like that, but we had some pretty good stuff and access to the physicians right down the hallway. Um, so I was there part-time and I kept, I kept doing personal training on the side. I kept, um, I kept kind of greasing the wheel in that, in that regard, like patient care. Yes. As a physical therapist, but I was very, very interested in just training. I just wanted people to come into the clinic and I just wanted to train with them. And I think I was 
one of the first people to like dust off a set of three kettlebells that we had in the clinic. And there's like, you know, an eight pound kettlebell, a 12 pound and like a 15 pound. And they were covered in like cobwebs when I got there. And I was like, you guys aren't using this. And the team was like, no, not really. And so anytime I had like the green light and the stars aligned and a patient was, you know, ready to use them, which I would argue that like the majority of the time they, I could, you know, they were ready. Um, ready to go. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So I just realized, you know, I, I kind of was straying away from the things that once I, I most loved, you know? And so when I was starting that job at, in the pediatric sports med clinic, I got this really cool opportunity to work with a company called hybrid performance method. And they're pretty big in the online space. And, um, they started off with, you know, a specialization in powerlifting and writing training, training programs for people who wanted to, you know, be the strongest that they've ever been move really well, look like they lift, you know, pack on some muscle. And I had followed them all throughout PT school. Steffi Cohen, who helped found the company was, um, she graduated the year ahead of me. Um, so I like kept knocking on their door just little by little. Like when I was in my internships, I sent them, you know, a little email and I was like, here's, here's a research paper I wrote. Let me know if you guys like need any help with content or anything. Oh yeah. Um, and they were like, Oh my God, thank you so much. And then I didn't hear back from them. And then, um, during the pandemic, sorry, I'm, I'm taking it all over the place. No, right I love, now. I love this. Ooh. This is good. I hope you're following. Um, no, during I'm, the pandemic, I'm there. <laughs> during I've literally the pandemic. had, I've had like four questions come to mind and I'm just like trying to keep them all. All like, right. Well, feel free to stop. No, 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 no. Keep going. Keep going. All right. So I got my, uh, nutrition coach certification with precision nutrition in 2020 when there was nothing nice. else to do. Right. Um, <laughs> I wasn't getting called into the hospital as much cause COVID had hit and they were really pulling back and calling in their per diem workers. So I was like, all right, what do I do with my time? Let me add to my skill set and, um, try and help my clients a little bit more holistically so that when they ask me nutrition questions, I don't just like give them this vague politician answer, you know? Right. So I was really glad that I got that certification. So I reached out to hybrid again and I had listened to a podcast and, um, I think it was Simon Chang, um, Greg Sutt and Steffi and, um, Ian Kaplan, they were all on a podcast and talking about, you know, the, the values of their nutrition coaching and, you know, how they approach different problems and education with their clients. And I was just like, this is awesome and totally aligns with my values. So I send them an email again. I knock on that door. I say, Hey, I just got certified as a nutrition coach. I don't know if you're looking for nutrition coaches, but, um, I would really love to work with you guys. And Ian writes me back and he says, you know, we're not really looking for nutrition coaches right now, but we have a couple of things we think you could help with Yeah, uh, based on your background. Right. Okay. So I went in and I met with them and they took me on part-time to help with their educational initiatives. They wanted to get some courses off the ground. They wanted um, some more consistent educational content for both Steffi's personal page and the hybrid main page. And so I started doing content development with them and a lot of research. And that was my part-time gig in addition to working in the clinic. Nice. And long story short, now I have shifted pretty much almost completely away from like 
clinical treatment and seeing patients and I'm, I'm full-time at hybrid now. And nice. I see a couple of people during the week at my own, in my own space, um, inside of a CrossFit gym, but mainly I'm here working from home, typing on my computer, doing research, meeting with the team, trying to, you know, find the best way to convey some more complex concepts to right. the general public and help educate them on basically how to get really effing strong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's like the dopest thing in the world. Yeah. That's gotta be, that's gotta be, yeah. That's gotta be like the coolest. That's gotta be the best intro that I've had on the podcast so far. Honestly, really, like the, the coolest. Well, I'm caffeinated. Maybe that's why. The coolest intro. Yeah. Well, same. I was like, I told my wife before I jumped on here, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have another, I'm going to have another <laughs> coffee and get this, get this party started. Um, Good move. But no, that's, that's, that's uh wow. You've got a really awesome, awesome background. Um, Thank you. It's like I said, it's a little bit of a whirlwind, whirlwind, but I'm very grateful. I sure. knocked on enough doors and got where, where I wanted to be on a good yeah. track. No, that's amazing. Um, I guess like, did you grow up like in sports and like in athletics? Yeah, I did. Um, a, another thing that I was super fortunate to have was growing up, my parents owned a gym and it was nice. in my backyard, super small town, no stoplight. It was like the community gym. And they actually started that in, I think, 1992. 1992 they started it and i kid you not it was called the muscle shack and that's so their, sick are you from logo, are you, are you from, sorry go 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 ahead go ahead their logo was a barn with two like jacked vascular arms coming out coming of the out? sides of Fucking it in a double sick. bicep that's so sick <laughs> well I i'm like i'm a i'm a huge like uh like i feel like i connect really well with like meatheads because like like i was the guy i was the guy and still to this day like i'll i'll take out my arnold encyclopedia and like after we get off the call i'll have to show it to you because it's just like beat to shit like it's just like it's like taped together and like i'll still to this day like just take it out and just like look at like before i go train like i'll just look at pictures of arnold and lou ferrigno and like uh you know um just all of these old bodybuilders Franco like, Colombo, uh, yeah everybody. yeah Larry Glass like all of these yep. guys like I'll just check I'll just I'm just Tom like Platts, my god yes, my, Tom Platts. The, amount of, the amount of conversations Tom my husband Platts. and I have around Tom Platts <laughs> bro I think about atypical. Tom I think about Tom like every time I every time I train like squat I'm thinking about Tom Platts I'm thinking about those exactly. fucking juicy quads you know what I'm saying yep, yep. <laughs> I know such a so, I'm just such a such a I'm so ingrained like just yeah I like I love athletics and I love like playing sports and I'm kind of going through this phase where like I want to like do like competitive like athletic stuff like I want to like play basketball and like I want to you know I want to dunk on a 10-foot rim and like do all this nice. stuff that I've never been able to but like then I just have days where I'm like I just I don't even care about any of this I just want to be jacked and like I want to be pretty strong, but like really jacked. Like I, I just want to, I just want to eat like a bodybuilder and like not even do any like athletic or sport performance stuff. Like just be jacked. <laughs> so I it's know. like, I try to, I try, it's hard to find that uh balance, but I feel like if I, if I don't do any, like, even just like, if it's like low level, like plyos, like just like hopping and, you know, like 
I feel like if I don't do any of that in my training and then I do get invited to go play basketball, then like all the tendinopathies oh. flare up. It's like the patellar tendon, like my plantar fasciitis, like, and I'm like, uh, yeah. this sucks. Like, so it's just worth like doing for me, just like a little bit of that stuff just to, for just sure. to keep it. <laughs> for sure. Don't get too rusty. And then before you know it, you know, you're just jogging along in warmups and you get sniped and go down. Fucking Achilles. Just fucking Achilles. Goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah no uh, i guess i guess one of the one of the other things that i was gonna ask um i guess at what point at what point did you realize you know you wanted to work with you know more of a active based population because like i definitely see where i mean i came up with like different injuries and stuff like that and like had you know, just the traditional clinical physical therapy spots Mm -hmm. and like from the outside looking in, even like, you know, looking back on it, it's like, wow, that like job seems super boring. And like, you're kind of tied to like, you know, the, the insurance companies and like, you know, you have to do like, you know, basically everybody kind of does the same thing. Like it's not. So, um, you know, I guess like what, at what point did you realize you were like, I can't like go the traditional route with like physical therapy? That is a tough question. I think it's, it's evolved over the years for sure. When I was in high school, um, I tore my ACL playing soccer. Okay. Nice. There we go. Went to the PT and I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life, I guess. And, sure. uh, my PT was awesome. He owned his own clinic. He chose his own hours. Oh, awesome. His son like was really, really, uh, talented on the basketball team. He saw the basketball players in his clinic, but, but also he catered to, I mean, it was a small town with a, with an aging population, a lot of retired people. So he catered to those people as well. Right. So it was just this little hub, um, of, of like fitness and rehab. And the other side of the gym was people just have their membership and they go in and they, you know, either continue what they were supposed to do in rehab. Maybe their insurance doesn't cover their sessions anymore, or they were ready to graduate. And it's like, Hey, just keep on coming, work out on the other side of the gym and come say hi and ask us questions if you have them and and stuff like that. So I thought that his model was really, really admirable. And you could tell that he really cared about, um, about spreading the the good gospel of fitness around yeah, our right. tiny tiny town where so, like a lot of times you see you know I'm in a small town too like I'm I'm just outside of Cincinnati Ohio but like where where I grew up and stuff is it's growing a lot it's it's definitely growing a lot but it's still I would still consider it a small town but like mm-hmm. you know just the amount of you know the amount of times that I hear like I'm this age so i can't do x Mm. y and z anymore or this person told me that i can't do x y and z you know squat deadlift you know it's like well you deadlift every day like you pick your newspaper up off the right out of the driveway like you know you're doing something where you're hinging your hips and bending over and you know moving your spine Mm -hmm. but it's like um i mean there's just so much there's so much of that and like obviously like I'm not a physical therapist, but like it, it, it's extremely, it's extremely frustrating because, um, as you know, I think the key to like, one of the keys to longevity is like training your body and like moving your body, like not, and, and not just like, 
you know, exercise, which like, again, and, and, and I mean, I say longevity, I think it's just like quality of life too. Like, oh, do you want to live like a high quality, like function, functioning life? Um, exactly. But it, you know, again, we could riff on that the whole time. Do what, what are, what are some of the most interesting findings that you found with some of the research that you've done? That was one of the questions that came to my mind. Oh, that's a good one. Um, we, so we've been working as a team, um, for the last two years since they brought me on in 2020, it's, actually June, I think June might've been my anniversary, my two year anniversary there. Um, when I first came onto the team at hybrid, I was working really closely with Ian, who is now the CTO of the company, but went to chiropractic, chiropractic school and, um, was planning to, you know, take his, take his boards and become a chiropractor. But instead he taught himself how to code. And basically with the help of a couple other, um, uh, members of the team, you know, built the app that is now like, that is hybrid's business is their training app. Um, but when I came onto hybrid's team, he and Steffi had just written the book back in motion. I don't know if you've, um, read it at all, but it is a really, really eye-opening look at the history of low back pain and why, you know, why we have certain beliefs, why so many people, across the world, you know, think that a herniated disc is, you know, the most terrible thing that could happen to your back. And if it happens to you, your life is over and your athletic career is over and blah, blah, blah. Your spine is, you know, fragile with jelly donut discs and whatever. So when I came onto the team, they had, um, just recently published that book. And so I read the whole thing. They sent me the manuscript, I think right before it was released. Um, And just all of the like myth busting that goes on in that book. And not even that, this looking back in the past at like, you know, Descartes kind of stuff, like what is pain, like all of that stuff, all into the, the generations where like spinal surgery became like the thing to do, like no question about it. Let's cut you open and let's fix whatever, you know, structural pathology is wrong. Um, just seeing how those things came about, they did a really, really good job of, of describing all of that. So I think the biggest mindset shift hasn't really come from my own research and compiling, um, my own stuff for our educational content. Um, it's, it really began when I started at hybrid, I became like a nihilist. I was just like, nothing matters. And everything I learned in school was basically BS. And, um, what you really need to do is just give people positive experiences with movement and make them feel good and give them an ear to, to, to listen to, or lend them an ear. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. And give them like a soundboard to to almost figure it out themselves and let just natural history of, of tissue healing happen, you know? Yeah. So I was like, and I would text, I would text a couple of my PT friends and I'm like, okay, so essentially we didn't use the term like glorified trainers, but some people do. It's just like, essentially we're just there facilitating the process that's going to happen anyways, without, without our help, you know, um, giving people some exercises to do, helping their mindset, helping them, you know, perceive this injury in, in a different way. And, and so I got kind of like really, um, I feel like I got down on my, on my profession, you know, because here we are not getting paid what we think we should be getting paid based on the fact that we now 
require a doctorate to, to work as a physical therapist. And here we are with all this new research coming out saying that things that we thought were, you know, infallible are actually not effective at all. Like stuff we learned in, in uh, spine class, you know, like, yeah sacral torsion and you know you've got an upslip or a downslip and then this and that and and I don't know I just got really really like a bad taste in my mouth I think and um but working at hybrid and still keeping my small amount of clientele on the side I was able to like mesh the two worlds of working digitally um for this company and putting out education and content for the masses and also like distilling it down and using it in my treatment and in my training sessions with people in a more applicable way. Both of those things have complemented the other and enhanced the other, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Do you think, do you think the like formal education, the universities and the colleges and stuff like that when it comes to like physical therapy, do you think they're moving forward on some of these things or do you think they're kind of staying the same when it comes to like, yeah, when it comes to just, yeah, like kind of all the stuff that you were, that you were alluding to because yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm just curious what you think. Yeah. There was a rumor when I was in school, um, one of our professors would kind of float the idea of, you know, since, a lot of people do three years of physical therapy school and then they do like another year of residency to specialize. Um, he was floating the idea of, and he was on like the, the board, like the F a PTA. And he was floating the idea of, okay, what if we did two academic years and then one or two more like apprenticeship type years that are, that are, like you're out in the field and you're already specialized. If you know you want to specialize in, um, it's not so much like book work for three years and then figuring it out once you graduate, what you actually want to specialize in and then go back into your residency and you're almost, you're taking a big pay cut. And so there, there are like, I think things in the works, but it's just unfortunate because, um, I, I don't think it's going to happen very quickly. And I think a lot of physical therapists are going to, I think we're a little bit disillusioned when we get into PT school. That's all. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love what I do and I would not be able to do it unless I had that DBT behind my name. Um, And, and I love working with patients on my own terms, but um, I was definitely like a little bit crestfallen when I was halfway through PT school and I was like, okay, I'm pretty in debt. Uh, Okay. I'm really not loving many of my clinicals. I did one internship with the, with the guys at rehab to perform in Maryland. And that was like, like chef's kiss. Love that place. I had so much more hope after I had done my internship there, but then the other ones were just kind of like, you know, like kind of like traditional Western medicine model type of deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, that's kind of like what I'm getting at is like, you know, I, I mean, I know there's more now than ever, like physical therapists that are like yourself that like truly believe in like, okay, like you have an injury or you have surgery or you have this pain or whatever it is, but like the way through it is movement and like Mm -hmm. graded exposure and like challenging the tissue and like challenging like your, not just the tissues, but like just your system in general. Right. 
um, modalities. Yeah. Like yeah. where, like all that other stuff, like the, you know, massage and warm and cold and that, that stuff's fine. <laughs> like, and, but isn't it crazy that you, but, the insurance companies would reimburse you for putting a hot pack on someone at one point. Like that, that just blows my mind. The, yeah. <laughs> where, and, and again, it's like, you know, and I, I think part of the, part of the like fitness industry and like personal training, like there's in, in my field specifically, not physical therapy, like mm-hmm. you have to have a DPT to like, but like physical, personal training and strength and condition, it's, it can be because there aren't a lot of, I mean, like, yeah, we have the NSCA, like, which like we know in the profession is like having a CSCS or like, you know, having some, some, uh, that's kind of the gold standard in my opinion. But like, if you've got like some sort of certification, like the people within the industry know that like you're, you at least like went out of your way to try to like get, but like (laughs) there isn't any representation so like what I'm getting is like, it's, it's, it is the wild, wild West. And like, there are like a lot of people that have had shitty experiences with personal trainers and, you know, whatever strength, strength mm-hmm. coat where, you know, it's like the biggest loser type of thing where you're puking in a bucket yeah. and like, you know, it's, it, it's nothing but just, you know, um, run people into the dirt, but like, right. um, I just, I don't know. I don't know if our medical model is ever going to get to the point where like people get reimbursed for like doing personal training or doing because, you know, that's, I would, I mean, they don't make money. They don't make, they don't make money like that. So like, I just don't, I'm not sure if like, even in universities and stuff like that, if like, they're really going to be ever willing to, but like, we have so much more access to information now that people are like, getting smarter and like, mm-hmm. because you, because of resources like yourself and like mm-hmm. resources, like the stuff that, you know, Steffi and like, the, and, and not even just within like that realm and people who follow Steffi and like that are in powerlifting, but like just mm-hmm. people like myself, that are just sharing like, you know, general fitness stuff with our general fitness clients and like getting that information out there. I think that's, I, 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 I think that's the future, but I mean, I definitely think that mm-hmm. like, and the personal training and like strength and conditioning industry, like there definitely needs to be more of a, um, you know, some sort of, some sort of, I guess, lobbying for, you know, Hey, like this person is credible. Like mm. it, it, this is a good idea to like, go, you know, see this person instead of, you know, somebody who, and again, like we all started somewhere. Like I, I obviously I started personal training. I didn't, I, I, I had a, you know, whatever, NASM cert or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I didn't really know shit, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but. <laughs> well, I will say that, um, you, you mentioned like, oh, when will the day come where we get reimbursed by insurances to like train someone? And, um, I mean, that's kind of like the game that I played in the clinic. I was like, okay, I know this person needs to load this tissue. I know we need to do like a variation of a lift and I need to use some kettlebells and, it became like an art to defend that choice in my documentation so that the insurance company knows like, wait a second, why is this lady doing single leg deadlifts with our patient? And it's like, Like, I have uh, to describe the movement and I have to, you know, say why it's warranted and all of the effects and all that stuff. So it's just wild that you have to like, it's just, it's just, 
it's just fucking it's just you science wanna, like it's just what it, it's just what it, it's just what it is like you yeah. expose the body it's to sad. stress so and then like what you, do? you adapt like yeah. it's i don't i don't <laughs> yeah in that case you just go and you you try and work for yourself you know easier said than done like no I, <laughs> well someone yeah. someone has to to work in these clinics and you know see these patients and even though it is a mill and it stinks to see three patients a day like someone, someone has to do it at this time, you know, and I really respect the therapist that can do that because I looked the last day of my internship in PT school, I saw like four patients in an hour and I was just like, never again, will I do this? And I didn't do it ever again. (laughs) Right. Right. But yeah, mad respect. Like you said, the, for, to the people and like for mad respect to the ones that like can do it and can Mm -hmm. get across to their patients, like, you know, Hey, like here's X, Y, and Z that you can do on your own. Or, Hey, here's this personal trainer or strength coach that I know that like, I can exactly pass you off to that, you know, having that, that network. But I mean, even when I was in physical therapy, like in high school, like I didn't have my, none of the physical therapists, like I I could tell none of them train, like I, I looking back, like I know none of them trained themselves. Yeah. And then there wasn't like, uh, next step after the, my physical therapy, yeah, like a, a bridge to, there was, it was MP, just, yeah, yeah it was just like, you know, all right. Like he's jogging on the treadmill now. Like should be You're okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Such guesswork. Right. I would like to think that that doesn't happen these days, but sure. let me tell you, it does, dude. I had someone come into my, my office a couple months ago. They were like two, no, six weeks post-op ACL reconstruction. Um, and she just wanted to sit down and talk with me. She didn't want treatment. She didn't want anything. She just wanted a consult and to kind of like see where she's at. And she was switching something insurance wise went wrong and she had to switch clinics. So she was being seen by someone who saw three other patients during an hour. She had a couple weeks of break and then she was transitioning to a more like sports medicine type of clinic, which I still think double or triple booked her. But, um, I guess they had like a bigger facility and more equipment available, but, um, she sat there and she, you know, the first thing I started with was like, okay, so do you know your precautions and movement limitations right now? And she was like, not really. She was like, I feel like I could run right now. I feel like I could run right now. And I was like, don't run yet. And I was like, has anyone gone over like your restrictions right now? And she was like, no, no one has told me what I can't do. And I was like, Whoa. Okay. So you've seen your surgeon for multiple follow-ups. You've been following this physical therapist and you still can't like recall to me what you're not allowed to do right now. Like what a humongous risk. Yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. So that shit still goes on, you know, that shit still goes on. I wanted to, I wanted to share a funny story. This is what, um, the moment I think pivotal moment where I was like, okay, why am I still in acute care and why am I not working with like a, a more active outpatient type of population. And it was, um, I was in like the break room documenting and I overheard someone, you know, one of my coworkers talking about their workout and they were like the deadlift, which one's that again? What's the deadlift again? And I was like, <gasps> I was like get me out of here. <laughs> but I taught them what the deadlift was. There we go. Nice. <laughs> Wow. Insane, dude. Yeah, yeah that's why I interrupted you with that. No, no, no. I, I just, I mean, we going back to like pain, this is one of the things that I had written down. Um, is like I, and I, this might be silly, but like briefly in your 
with your experience and like your and your background like can you explain to like the people listening can you explain pain and like why why it is such like a different experience for for everyone yeah sure i think um i mean i'll do i'll do my best with this sure 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 i don't want to um be i don't want to undercut like someone who really is well versed in like neuro type of stuff sure. um because in the end like we discussed i'm just a meathead you know <laughs> yeah and like obviously you have your own experiences with like yourself and yeah. you know different different patients clients that you've seen but like you're well versed in this i trust <laughs> i trust that you're thank you thank you well it, it it is it is a really whenever i can like sit a patient down and, um, have a discussion with them about their pain and give them just an opportunity to like fully describe it and give me the full story. People say this all the time, but, um, like patients will cry when they describe their pain to you, they will cry because, and it's not because it hurts and it's not because, Oh my gosh, I can't, it's just unbearable. It's because this sensation is limiting me from doing this. And that is what really means a lot to me. You know, people can't play with their kids or they can't, you know, be as active and be the role model that they want to be for their kids, for their spouse, for other people in their family. And I think that is like, it gets me every time still, I, I feel like I might have had a poker face by now, but I really don't. It still gets me when someone gets choked up in, in my office talking about their pain and it, really is just such a fascinating phenomenon, you know, um, your, your perception of your pain is dictated by so many different factors. And it's such a shame that we've been taught to distill that pain down to one, ideally just one cause, one structural little abnormality, whether it's in your shoulder or your knee or your hip or your low back, we try and just blame one little thing for this world of hurt that we're getting, um, from these limitations. And I think that's so funny because it depends on your background. It depends on your experiences growing up. It depends on previous injuries. It depends on your own like understanding and perception of what's going on, um, and what you can do and what your limitations are. Um, and, and so many other things like sleep. Yeah. And how, right. And how about like some of the things that potentially, physicians or physical therapists have told you like, cause we, or, or, yes, or, or prior beliefs. like we have, uh, we have a, there's a female athlete at the facility where I coach and like, it just, my Cairo told me I have a bad back mm. or my Cairo told me that I have uh, bad hips and I'm like, yeah. I, you, I, I just saw you squatting. Like, right. Does that hurt? No. I'm like, right. You, and uh, you would think that that single instance, you'd be like, okay, great. I proved to this person that they're not broken, but it's a lot of times it's not even as simple as that. Like you, huh? you can tell them and you can show them, but like sure. it takes so much unlearning to un to completely like re rework the framework, you know, um, yeah. and lay, lay down some new groundwork, but Yes, things that other, especially because as whether you're a rehab professional or whether you're a trainer, we have 
authority. Authority. Right? We have that authority and these people are looking to us for answers. And when we tell them that, you know, their vertebrae is out of place and that's why they're having back pain and we just need to adjust them like every couple days, like they're going to take that to heart. Oh, this is a, a doctor. This is someone in a white coat, or this is someone who's been training, you know, professional athletes. Like I just need to listen to this person. And, um, a lot of times, like, I don't, I think that I went through a phase where I would get into like fight mode when someone mentioned what their previous physical therapist said, I'd be like, I can't believe they told that to you. I think that's complete BS, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it, it, it was well-received. They'd be like, really, you think so? I'm okay. But I think now I've taken a little bit more of a conservative approach. I hear them out. I try and like show them, like you said, I try to get them to do activities and get them to realize it themselves. And I try to tell them less and, and show them more. I think that's in my experience, that's becoming more of a powerful tool when it comes to negotiating pain with, with people. Yep. And I mean, I, I agree with that hundred percent. And I, and sometimes your, your ticket in is to kind of meet them where they're at and, you know, oh, I just need this trigger point really massaged. It's like, all right. So this person has gotten massaged every single time their neck pain acts up and they claim that that's going to be, you know, that's all they need. And then they'll be good to go. And it's like, okay, let me do a little bit of tissue work and then let's get, let's get off the mat and let's do something active like we were talking about, you know? Right. Right. And yeah. And and like, cause again, even your, your thoughts and feelings around that kind of stuff, like, you know, with foam rolling and, you know, different corrective exercise interventions, like, you know, if I have someone that has those kind of thoughts, feelings, perceptions, experiences, then yeah, Mm -hmm. like specifically starting out, like I'm going to give them a little bit of what they what they desire. Right. Um, you gotta get that buy-in, right. That magic word buy-in. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, by this, by the same token, like you said, it's just about showing them at, uh, you know, session after session, you know, when you're, you know, your personal trainer coach, like we see our, we see our people every week, you know, Mm -hmm. multiple times a week, two, three, sometimes Mm -hmm. even four or five times a week, depending on the client. It's like, um, you know, so, just slowly introducing them to, you know, more loading, more, um, right. you know, more stuff like that. The, the, the stuff that we know is going to be like the, the biggest bang for their buck as far as like longevity, resilience, you know, those kind of things. But, um, exactly. yeah, it's just, it's funny. Like when you first, you know, you start coaching and like you take a course and like, that's the thing, like, that's like, whether it's FRC or like, whether it's one of these other like systems, it's like, you know, I've got a, I've got a foam roll, everybody, I've got to do like mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z with everybody. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, all of that kind of stuff is just, yeah. those are some of my favorite segments that we do. We've done them on Steffi's personal Instagram page, um, mm-hmm. where we like took a deep dive into cupping and like, why does everybody want to be cupped and what does it actually do? And does it work and does it help and blah, blah, blah. And, um, we even went over like these like prehab exercises that are all over, you know, flooding your, your feed. You just get prehab exercise after prehab exercise. And it's like, look, a bunch of stuff with mini bands and bands. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of like the, it's almost gimmicky the way that we use that word. Um, and in reality, like a well-rounded training program with, you know, 
proper principles being followed is, is going to be your best prehab in the end. And, and unfortunately those, and we talk a lot about like active versus passive modality. People really don't, people really don't like hearing that nowadays. Cause it just, it, it just really gets there. It, 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 there's some people where it really fucks their business, like, because yes. like their whole business is like based on prehab and like, you know, like all this, all this, active activation like i it's like right. I, I gotta activate my glutes like hey like no like they're active they're fine like, right right if, right, right. If, if you like i mean i'll tell clients like straight up like you know we can do as long as your core body temperature is up and like you're prepared for the first movement that we're gonna do like from a yeah. core body temperature standpoint and like you know we do a couple of warm-up sets of squat like realistically that's all you need but like if you want to do some foam rolling and you want to do a little stretching and like i have that person that like is that person that's the rehab type background yeah. and like they want to yeah. lay on the foam roll like yeah but like hey yeah. like t- once this 10 minutes is up like or you know realistically like five minutes is up like <laughs> let's 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 get to the stuff because like you've got these goals and like mm-hmm. i hate to say it but rolling around on a foam roller is not going to get you you know, right. is not going to help you lose 10 pounds of fat. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's like, that's a good example of how, um, I don't know if we've done one directly on foam rolling, but anyways, this is a good example of how, like what I do for hybrid. And when I train people in person and treat people in person, um, you know, I, I do all this, this research and I write up, you know, the, the segment that we're going to do. And we, we all record it together, um, get some different input from different players on the team. And then we get this final product that we, you know, release to whoever is, is available to see it on the internet, potentially right. like millions of people. Um, and then I'm able to take all of what I found and this like simplified version that I've distilled it down to, um, in layman's terms, not using like excessively crazy lingo, you Lang- know, or scientific right. language. Um, and then I can use it with, with my clients. And right. I have, I think the first big step in my personal training career that made me a better trainer was getting my DPT. And then the second one was my nutrition coaching cert. And then the third one by, by far was working with hybrid, you know, it has, it has given me such a, a better, like nuanced look at things and knowing when to just, you know, when you're a new trainer, it seems like everything is so important and you have to like address so many different boxes. You have to check so many different boxes during a single session. And now with all my, I mean, this probably just happens with any experience, not necessarily with my, with my particular steps that I took, but, um, I'm able to just determine what really doesn't matter. It's like, no, don't worry about that. Let's, let's do this, you know, and I'm able to make more confident decisions um, face to face when I'm working with someone. And, and that, that's my, that's becoming my favorite, my favorite, favorite thing lately is training people in person and educating them because they have the same questions that we address um, on, on social media and in all of our courses, someone the other day just asked me, like, I want to get an MRI for my knee. Like, I just want to know what's going on in there. And I was like, you literally just did front squats heavy as hell. And then like a a Metcon that had running in it and box jumps. It's like, really, you're going to get an MRI. And I think back to the segment we did on like, do you need an MRI, you know, ways to troubleshoot, you know, and find out whether you need one or um, what MRIs will actually show you because they'll show you structural abnormalities, but they won't be an accurate picture of your pain. And um, it's just examples like that every single day. I'm, 
I'm running into them and I feel like I have a giant repertoire now of, of knowledge. And that's a really good feeling coming from someone who felt who like, you know, imposter syndrome was super real, felt like I didn't know anything. And then finally I, I feel like I'm, I'm coming into my own, but I, that doesn't mean I want to, you know, stop learning. Stop learning. Yeah, no, I'm not comfortable yet. (laughs) No, I feel the, I feel the same way. Like the past, the past year and a half, I've, I'm, you know, I, I definitely, you know, going into year six of like training people and stuff, I finally start, I'm starting to feel like some of the pieces of the puzzle are starting to, are starting to fit together. And again, like just knowing that, you know, any of these things that I've learned can be useful with the right person, you know, like if Mm -hmm. I've got, if I, you know, we talk about foam rolling as like, yeah, like is foam rolling going to do all of this shit that like, you know, 10 years ago, people said it was going to do no, but like, you know, if I have someone like get rid of my cellulite, you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Is that a thing? Was that I a had thing? a close family member ask me about that literally a year ago. And I was like, oh, no. where did you hear that? And they were like, it was on the cover of a magazine. And I was like, motherfucker, are you Stop kidding me? That. Stop. Please just don't. Yeah. I'm like, buy that. How magazine. does this shit make it through? That's wild. Well, but, but like by the same, it's like, you know, if I have somebody that's, you know, super stressed out from work and super cranked up, you know, like, and you know, to, to get them maybe a little bit more at a baseline level, like, yeah, doing some breathing drills or like foam rolling a little bit and breathing, like might actually help them feel a little bit better, a little bit more present, a little bit more focused to the session. So it's like, again, like all of these different things, you know, it's like, yeah, if you, if you're a person client that wants to spend 10 minutes doing, uh, you know, shoulder cars, then like that's, that's totally fine. But like, uh, again, I guess going back to like training principles, it's like, if you have a, again, a well-rounded training program where, you mm-hmm. know, you're working through full range of motion on certain things, I guess that was my next kind of question for you is like, what are your, mm-hmm. what are, what are kind of the principles that you live by? And I guess like what I, I should, what populate, so do you work with mostly like high performing individuals like higher level power higher level power lifters and like crossfit athletes and stuff like that or do you see some general fitness people or is it mostly it's a lot of gen pop lately general general fitness so my office is in a crossfit gym um the crossfit gym has a wide variety of um athletic ability within its membership Yeah, yeah yeah um there are some people who are pretty darn advanced. Um, and there are some people who have like not worked out in years and especially after the pandemic, um, I mean, still going on, but once things open back up, people came in like in, in herds, just trying to lose the, the weight that they put on during the pandemic. So it's been a lot of, um, recreational exercisers looking to get back in shape. And, um, I think back in the day, I probably, uh, was more jazzed to be working with higher level athletes, like competitive crossfitters, competitive power lifters and stuff like that. But now it, it, I think I get very fired up at just helping regular people. Like I said, the people who are breaking down in tears because they can't do X, Y, Z because of yeah. their, you know, their, their surgeon told them they have osteoarthritis and it's the freaking population that needs the most help realistically I know, like, in our I know. society. So I know. And, and, at hybrid, for example, we're working on, um, like some, some more specific 
educational content for power lifters going over sure. uh, attempt selection and meet day. And we have some competition prep programs that we offer. And sure. um, so I think maybe I get my fix of working, working with higher level athletes right. um, through there. Right. And um, I mean, I get access to, we just had some incredible people in the gym. Like Eddie Hall was there. Oh, dude. Um, Noah Olson was there. Um, all of our other coaches who are just insane athletes. It's just like, I, I love talking to them. I love being around them. I love seeing them in their element, right. but to treat them, I'd be like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can go see someone else who, sure. you know, really, really loves, uh, you know, looking at the, the minutia of, of, getting 0.5 or 1% better in with your performance, you know, I'm yeah. more so going for those larger gains at the little bit lower level on the food chain. If you that's kind of how that, well, that's kind of how I feel. I'm, I've never like competed in powerlifting or like even, I, I mean, again, I'm really into it, but like, I don't, I just don't, I, I grew up a field and court sport athlete. So like I'll work with field and court sport athletes mm -hmm. uh, because I've worked with that population. And like, that's, uh, I mean, realistically, like, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like with a lot of athletes, with a lot of, yeah. And a lot of like higher level athletes, they're, I mean, not all of them, not all the high school kids, but like, I've worked with a lot of guys who are guys and gals that are freaks, like a lot of division one athletes, a lot of D one volleyball girls, lots of, you know, division one football players and basketball players, or, you know, just guys that I've got a remote client right now. Who's a high school kid in Florida. And you know, he's six, four, six, five can do windmill dunks. Like, you know, it's, it, he's silly athletic. So it's like, awesome. yeah, and it's dope. And, but it's like, realistically, like, you know, if they, you know, if they're playing their sport a lot, you know, that's, they're, they're getting a lot of like low level foot contacts. It's like, you know, they're, they're trying to, they're doing dunk attempts all the time. It's like, Hey, like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe do some sprints, mm -hmm. some squats, some hinges, you know, some pushes and some pulls, like it doesn't need to be like freaks are going to freak. You know what I mean? Freaks and I'm sure freak. you've seen, I'm sure you've seen that. Like even at the, at, at, in high level CrossFit athletes, like I have a friend who's, uh, his girlfriend is a, is a freak like, and she's, yeah. but she was a, um, all American division three track and field athlete. Like she's nice. just always been a freak. Like she could have, nice. she could have been a starter on the basketball team if she would have played basketball at our college, like where we went to college, like, so. What about us? Yeah. It's just like, you know, freaks are going to, I just think, you know, freaks are going to freak. And like, if you, yeah. if you, as long as you're managing their, their fatigue and like, they're doing the right things That's with like, it, yeah. And, and like, again, that, that comes back to programming as well. Like you can't just do dump, like, you know, I, some of the, some of the stuff I get with some of these like high school kids and even the stuff that like some of these kids get from their colleges, it's like, like I got a sheet the other day from a kid. There were 18 different things, including the prep on the, on the sheet. And I'm like, wow, this is like a lot. Like, nice. you know, we're, you're doing a block of eccentric training for sets of 10. It's like, holy shit. Wow. Like you want to talk about some fatigue plus like he's playing like plus playing basketball on the weekends plus having basketball mm -hmm. practice plus like doing his own hooping every day like in his downtime like going to the courts or like going to hit the high school and like it's like wow yeah and i'm like yeah. 
That's insane. <laughs> so I guess That's like, insane. I guess like some of the things, so like what from a, from a, um, from a principal standpoint with your, mm. with, with the general fitness clients that yeah, you see. Yeah, I never like, answered your question about No, you're fine. Well, we we're all principles. over the place. I'm just, we, I, I'm, I'm a rambler. I'm, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like I get Same. on these podcasts. Same, a bad and I just, combination for a podcast. <laughs> and I just freaking like, there's like, like I said, like I've got like these few questions, but we already covered it all. So I'm just like, all right, like let's talk about some of this other stuff that I'm interested in. But like, yeah, I guess from a programming, from a programming perspective and like, there's a guy, I don't know if you follow him. His name's Will Rattel. He's a strength and conditioning coach at North Dakota. And, um, Will talks about, I got connected with Will from Jake Tura. I don't know if you know who Jake Tura is. Jake Tura No, oh, but is, I know he was on your podcast. Yeah. He's done a lot of, um, he's just interested in like patellar tendinopathy. Cause he had patellar tendinopathy from like doing a, you know, a bunch of jumping and like, he's interested, he's interested in being jacked and jumping, you know, and dunking. So like, those are the two things nice. that he's, so he's gotten into like, the, you know, uh, patellar tendon rehabilitation, like space, um, and help, cool. like he's got, he's got a jumper's knee protocol. It helped me a lot with like my, my jumper's knee and stuff like that. When, when I was experiencing, you know, like some, some patellar tendonopathy and stuff like that, but will, um, he calls it like his, um, the, uh, the minimums, you know, so like, mm for athletes, it's like, you know, probably sprinting a couple of times a week, you know, it, mm. you know, maybe, you know, max velocity or, you know, j- just kind of playing obviously with, within whatever the person is doing with their sport and like what, right. the, what the demands are. And then like, you know, obviously like squatting, you know, and squatting, you know, maybe a little heavier one day and maybe more for a little bit more volume or something like that for like another. Mm-hmm. And, and again, just moving through the different movement patterns, you know, hinging, you know, um, you know, pushing in the vertical and horizontal plane, pulling horizontally and vertically. Um, and you know, obviously like when it comes to like field and core sport athletes, like change of direction and, you know, making things, um, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more dynamic or like setting up games or different things like that. But anyway, he calls them his minimums. Like, what would you say, what would you say, like from a programming perspective, I guess, like are your, uh, are your minimums or like, what are the, what are the things that you, that what are, what are the principles that you kind of fall back on consistently? My principles, it's a really good question. And I think that's something that I really haven't started to reflect on until like the last year, like sure. I was in such a flux of like finding my principles. And I think that's what we were talking about. Like finally knowing, finally feeling like, you know, what you're talking about, um, then I think is, is a good point where you can nail down some specific principles and values that you have as a trainer or as a a rehab professional. So, so one thing that I'm really passionate about, I mean, I'm, I'm very skewed toward, toward strength training. Um, a lot of the people that I see, they want to get stronger. They want to be more jacked or toned quote unquote. Um, and they want to feel good while right. they're working out and they want their exercise to complement the rest of their life rather than take away take from away. it and yep. be extremely sore or be injured all the time or fatigued as fuck all the time. Like yeah. as hell. Exactly. So, um, I would say that I definitely lean toward getting people as strong as possible using lots of compound lifts. Um, recently, so my, my husband, um, had a little stint as a competitive bodybuilder. He did really, really well. Um, and he opened my eyes to 
like a slew of bodybuilding equipment and bodybuilding movements and real isolation work. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just, at first I really didn't appreciate it all that much, but then I was like, wait, this is freaking awesome. Like I, I need to do this with more people. So yeah. especially if they want to gain muscle and, and really build an impressive physique, like what else are you going to do? You can do all the compound work you want, but like, you're going to have to do a couple bicep curls if you want to be able to flex, you know? Exactly. Um, yep. Yeah. So I think just combining all of those things together, helping people to get as, as strong as possible with it, I think the most, my favorite type of client to work with, this is, I'm like reverse engineering my principles. My favorite type of client to work with is someone who wants to do all those things, get strong, get jacked, Jacked. feel great in the rest of their life. Um, And they're going through like, they have some nagging issues, some nagging ache or pain somewhere. Yep. And um, I, I love nothing more than empowering them, showing them what they can do showing them what they will be able to do eventually, but maybe just not yet and not really putting anything off limits or labeling anything as bad. Or I'm, I'm very optimistic with a lot of forms of movement. I rarely do I ever label an exercise as just all around bad. So yeah, I, I really, these, those are more so closer to my principles, you know, working back from my ideal client. Um, I'm going to get you strong as hell. We're going to get you resilient against injury. Um, and we're, we're going to work on what you're dealing with now in a smart way, um, that that'll, you know, help you progress and, and do what you need to do so that you're not crying in my office telling me how, how your pain is affecting your life. Right. Right. No, I love that. And I mean, I think, there, there are so many ways, even with like some of the compound lifts to like get a training effect. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's senseless to, you know, it's senseless to like fear monger exercises and, uh, and, you know, um, exactly. One of the most eye-opening experiences was working out with my husband. He goes, why don't you get on the leg extension? And I'm like, Mm, no, I'm going to do squats instead. And he's like, but didn't you say you want to grow your quads? And I'm like, well, I'm going to do squats instead. And I like, this was like what, 2019 or something. I was just avoiding the leg extension and the leg curl. And guess what happened as soon as I started giving them like a, a spot in my program twice a week, like serious, serious progress was made, you know? Right. Um, but I don't know why I was so stubborn about it at first, but that was my lesson. Don't be stubborn. Be open to whatever you're not doing right now in your program, well, you know? Well, I've been there too. I've kind of come full circle. So like I've, I was the person that, you know, like everything I've done training wise, realistic. I mean, I followed some, I followed some programs like through all the way, but even those programs were like pretty concurrent. Like they were, like I was able to like still go play basketball nice. and like, you know, like th- it's not like this linear, like NSCA textbook, like, you mm-hmm. know, you've got to do this. And, you know, realistically it's like, and again, I'm not a power, I'm not specializing in, in anything. Like I just, you know, want to be strong, want to be jacked, mm-hmm. like, and strong, like strong for just like general population, you know, like right. if I can, if I can squat close to 400, all right, like that's, that's good. Like <laughs> that's above that's average. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I mean like even, even going back to like the, my early fitness days, like I was always mm-hmm. doing some sort of, 
you know, some sort of compound lift and then, you know, following up with just a bunch of machine based or dumbbell based, like accessory movements, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for more volume. And that was probably at the point in time where I looked the best, like Mm -hmm. now I didn't have kids and a wife and like stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but like, and then it went to the point, went like to the more functional, which is like, in my opinion, my opinion, like a, it's a marketing term in my opinion. Like I've just come to come to realize that that's all, that's all, all that is because like function completely. You could argue function for literally any exercise. Exactly. So it's like, and you know, now I've come full circle to where, you know, like I am kind of the same way. Like I'm introducing some of these, you know, uh, machines and things that are more stable and things that are less, right. Um, systemically fatiguing, um, you know, into my, into my programs and like, it feels good. The pumps are sweet. Like, yeah. Have you, do you, do you follow, um, Jordan shallow at all? The muscle mm -hmm. doc? Yeah. 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 I, I took his course, um, last year and learned a ton, just, you know, super simple how he just like distills it all down to like mobility, stability and what's he do? Strength. Stability, strength. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and again, he, he just widened my, my repertoire of exercising. He's like, if you have to do a chest supported row to like actually feel the row and do it right, then, you know, add more stability and, and use this machine, but not this machine. And right. I, I love his approaches to, to so many different things, whether it's rehab or just building muscle or getting stronger. But I want to um, take, I want to take his course eventually. I want to take all, I want to take all of his stuff, but like really I follow good. Kyle, I follow Kyle Dobbs and like, he's um, awesome too. yeah. And like, you know, I've had, Ky- I had Kyle on the podcast and, um, like, I think when I started following him, he was the one who kind of like, it was kind of a paradigm shift where it was like, you know, again, more, everything needs to be functional. And again, I was around certain people that were kind of pushing that narrative. And then mm-hmm. like, I started following him and like, I'm he's challenging some of these ideas. And I'm like, again, putting the pieces of the puzzle together. I'm like, again, this doesn't, the functional thing, like that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. Like this makes way more, this way, makes way more sense. Yeah. And like, yeah. it was even to the point, like, as unfortunate as this, as this is like, it was even to the point where like, back I had clients that like would have gotten more output on a leg extension or even like a a leg press or like some machine that I had access to. Mm -hmm. And I was so stuck in like, all right, like they need to squat. They need to like goblet squat. It's like, and they, and they hated it. And like, they didn't want to hold, you know, the dumbbell, they didn't like holding the dumbbell, like, because it was heavy (laughs) on their wrists or their hands. And like, where for this person's goal is like, they're going to get better results if they just go over here and do the leg extension and they do the leg curl. And like, they do the things that they want to do that they're going to get the most output that they're going to give the, give their best effort on versus Mm -hmm. like, you know, we've been goblet squatting a 30 pound dumbbell for, you know, 15, 18, 20 weeks. And like, they don't, they don't want to go up because 
they don't want to hold or whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. Like it's whatever like, whatever it is. Exactly. Let's, you know, again, exactly. And that's the where like, man, just <laughs> go over and, there and sit on the machine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where Kyle like talks about like principles over systems and like, you know, mm-hmm. again, understanding like, you know, what, what exercise selections, even machines like are simulating what, you know, muscles and obviously like biomechanics, like having a baseline understanding of biomechanics and stuff like that is important. But it's like, mm-hmm. I think, I just, I guess like all of these dogmatic things with you know, online and like within people that have a following and people that have a, like you said, um, a, what did I that say? have a voice that have mm-hmm. a, that have more reach that have, yeah. What is the, what's the term? The what's audience? the term I'm looking for? The audience in an authoritative yes position that's what i was yes. looking i was looking yes. for that that word authority because we were we were talking about that earlier i wanted to yeah. kind of circle back to like that authority mm-hmm. it's like that kind of that kind of stuff is super frustrating because again like we can get the same kind of like guess what if they don't want to do like whatever this extra yeah. like how about how about we push the sled like right. they'll push the sled they'll push the sled really hard and they'll they'll let me load it up or they'll let me stand on it like right, right, this, right. this, this person's still getting an excellent training effect for their lower half and their entire body in general, from a just general conditioning standpoint. So it's like, you know, I've learned so much in the last like year and a half to two years about just like truly meeting people where they are versus right. like, uh, you know, force feeding things that like I learned in this course or that this person thinks is like the be all end all. It's like, right. No, just like, for they sure. need to move, they need to move and they need to get For stronger. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Stop making them fit your mold or your idea of what like a, you know, training should look like and, and meet them where they're at for sure. You know, one population I do work with, um, mostly gen pop, but, um, I've been getting a few more clients in the jujitsu space. Oh, and dope. I don't know if you have any experience with like BJJ or anything like that. I, I, I don't, I want to like potentially get into it in the future, but again, I'm like stuck Becca. I'm stuck in this, like, all right. Like I've you said, got you want to be athletic. Yeah. I got the two. Yeah. I've got the, I've got the kids. Like, you know, what can I, what can I realistically like make time for? Cause like training four days a week is like pretty challenging. Like anything outside of that right now is pretty much mm-hmm. like a no-go. So I'd have to replace like some, it's just like, and I want to be athletic and I want to play tennis and I want to be competitive and I want to play basketball. And like, what do I yeah. want to do? Like, and yeah. like, it all comes, it, it all comes back to, I honestly, I just come back to like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go to the gym and be a meathead. Like, I don't even care about like, that's okay. Be, too. I, don't, I don't care about like basketball anymore or BJJ. Like, but th- it is something I'd like to pursue in the future just because yeah. selfishly, I want to make sure I, I want to be able to handle myself. I've never been yes. like, I played football, but like, I've never, I've been in one fist fight and I got my ass kicked. <laughs> like when I was in, when I was like coming out of high school. So it's yeah. like, uh, I don't want to get my ass kicked. Like if somebody yeah. like does come at, like, I don't no, I, I, but, like, if somebody ever does this, like, I'm just going to run. Like, yeah. I think I heard Jocko I mean, say that. Like if somebody ever, do. like somebody ever like tries to square up, but like if somebody tries to put their hands on me or put their hands on my kids or my wife, like I do want to be able to not that like, I'm not a physically, you know, I'm a six foot two, 225 pound guy. So like, again, most of the time, I don't think I'm going to be in that situation, but like, I don't, yeah, that'll I don't want, stave off enough. It's people, a crazy, yeah, but it's a crazy world out there, man. You it know, is. and for, it it's, it's, it's really crazy in my, 
Miami. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to be ready to roll at any moment. Um, it's, it is such a beautiful sport. I will just say that. Like I, I, I played rugby all four years in college in yeah. undergrad. And, um, so yeah, I would tackle people. We'd be sure. rolling around on the ground. It got kind of violent sometimes, but, um, but I, I don't know that I have no other experience, um, with like a grappling or combat sport. So this is my first time trying it. So I've been, uh, I started that up like earlier this year and, um, it's at this studio, um, up in Boynton beach, um, run by two female world champions, multi-time world champions. Um, yeah, they're, they're beasts. They're absolute beasts. And they were kind enough to let me speak, um, and kind of host a little seminar at their, at their place and explain why BJJ practitioners can benefit from strength training. And a lot of them do a lot of strength training and, um, they, you know, they don't know that a lot of them don't know, like the names of the movements. They're like, you know, which one I need to do. I need to do the one with like the, the bar on the back. And then you go like up and down. And I'm like, you mean a back squat? And they're like, yes. And I'm yeah. like, okay, so you think you want to, you want to learn how to back squat. That's fine. Sure. And then, you know, as I thought about it a little bit more, I was like, okay, so in jujitsu, you're always, you can't see me, but you're always here. You're always right. kind of hands in front, yeah. rounded over, just, yeah. like, you know, boxes, yeah. boxers are rounded. You're rounded yeah. over center of gravity is like a little bit. Scats more are forward. protracted. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Protracted yeah. rib cages, yeah. retracted. Retracted. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So then why do we need to put you <laughs> like, here? You know, the, kind of the, the opposite. Of, opposite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, granted there are, there are definitely benefits if someone can, can execute the movement soundly, like the, sure. they can load it up heavily. Yeah. They can, they can build some lower body strength and power, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it took some explaining to them to be like, okay, but closer to your competition, you don't necessarily, maybe that's not what you do. Maybe you do do a goblet squad, a zercher squad, a safety bar squad, anything else that doesn't put something you in that's that. going to, yeah. Something that's going to put you here. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Um, and, and I think why the jujitsu came up in my mind is because, um, another segment of that seminar, we talked a lot about like joint specific strength and, um, maybe, bicep curls and tricep extensions wouldn't be the first thing someone thinks to put in a jujitsu practitioner's training program. But, you know, at end range arm bar, you're going to want some, some strength in that bicep, you know, you're going to want a little bit of capability in the fully lengthened position. hundred um, percent. That's my biggest fear. That's my biggest fear of Brazilian jujitsu is like the the fucking injuries is like, yeah. and, and like, no, they, again, nine I don't, out of 10, nine out of 10, you're, you're injured for sure. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know enough about like, I mean, when you go like, is it just Not like fear monger BJJ? No, 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 no. But like, but can <laughs> you, you know? like, I mean, is there even such a thing as like soft roll? Like, cause like, I don't know if yes. I'd even be able to be in that mindset of like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go like 50%. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know because like I don't I don't It'll know because I It'll come. sure, but like I'm that that's the thing where it's like I when I go into it when I finally like grow, grow a pair and like go because mm. I have a friend who like always nags me, but like I just have to be upfront like I like I want to do this and like I want to mm. enjoy this, but like I'm a meathead like first and foremost, and I don't think I'm ever gonna like I don't want to get hurt for my right physique. <laughs> Right. 
That's what happened with me in rugby. I I tried to keep playing rugby (laughs) and then I hurt my knee in like 2020, February, 2020, 2021. I hurt my knee, couldn't work out, couldn't (laughs) squat. I was like, F rugby, man. I'm done with this. I can't even go to the gym. Like the one thing that gives me joy in life, (laughs) you know, time to cut that out, you know? Um, but, but I will say just for your own information, apparently I am, I'm not an expert by any means, but apparently it really depends on the jujitsu gym that you go to, like the culture of the gym, because a lot of them won't go easy on you, you know, and then you just have to learn when to tap, like really, really fast, Fast, you know, all right, tap (laughs) even before they put any pressure, you know? Um, but I'm really fortunate because the studio that I go to, um, very, very centered on, um, learning technique, building really sound technique, um, and, and not necessarily just cranking on everybody's arm and wrist and heel locks and all this stuff. Like, yeah, that's kind of all I'm about. That's kind of all I'm about is the technical stuff because like, beautiful again, like if I can, you know, if somebody can get me into, into, into a position, like, I know you can break my arm. Like, I know there's like, I know when I go into it, like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get turned into a fucking pretzel. Like I just, yeah. I, I, I already know, but like, you like but, but by the same, but by the same, yeah. But like, I just want to learn again, the, the, the technical stuff. So like, if it does have to happen, like I believe in my physical strength, my, my nervous system strength, to, to where, like, if I learn the techniques that, and if I have to ever break somebody's arm, I'll be able yes. to do it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And as people who have been spending our whole lives building our bodies and getting strong and being resilient, all this good stuff, it's very fascinating to see how that translates to such a dynamic, you know, multi-planar, like reactive type of situation, um, where like, if you, if you don't do the right thing, you get choked out, you know, it's very, very interesting to be in that position because sometimes I'm rolling and I'm like, thank God I'm like kind of strong because I, I'd be toast right now if I wasn't. And then yeah. There are other times where like girls who weigh 20 pounds less than me just absolutely mop the floor with me, you know? So it's very humbling. I highly recommend no, it. No, I love it. I, 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 I really like, that's one of the things that I'm excited, most excited about is just going and getting humbled by. And I, I mean, I, I had a, I went to school with a guy who in high school, who was from seventh grade. He, he won, he won state in his weight class, seventh grade, eighth grade, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior, like he was one of the best wrestlers in the country. So like, we would get down and like start messing around and I didn't wrestle. So I had no idea Mm -hmm. what I was doing, but he'd like, he, you know, he was, he was literally 50 or 60 pounds lighter than I was maybe even more. And would just, would just put me in positions and I'd be like, all right, like, stop. I don't like quit it. Like (laughs) you're going to break my arm, like or break my finger. Or like, it's like, so, you know, when you've got, when you come up with, I I'm, I'm excited to get humbled. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, you know, I, 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 I think everybody, I think everybody needs that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, every time I'm driving up there, it takes me 30 minutes and I'm like, I'm just going to go home. I I'm just going to turn <laughs> around. Like this shit's too hard. I think I'll just take today off. And I'm like, okay, no, just keep driving. And then you'll turn around later. It's fine. And then I'm in the parking lot before I know it. And I'm like, well, I guess I got to go in. And get but you enjoy, up. but you enjoy it a pretty good amount. After I'm done with it. I'm like, because at this point in our career, we could just, you know, I, maybe this is just me 
through like a strength workout, I could just kind of float through a strength workout, even if it's high intensity, I know what I'm doing. Like I, I don't have to think all that much. It's very autopilot. I just have to make sure like my system is aroused enough to, to get the weight up. But during jujitsu, it's the gears. You got to think way more constantly turning. I'm constantly thinking and analyzing and like questioning and like being surprised. Right. I don't, it's, it's insane. So yeah, anything to, I feel like maybe this is my, I don't know, my anti-dementia route or something like something to keep my brain working and, and, and I don't know, oiling, oiling those, those gears a little bit more. Right. No, totally. Highly recommend. All right. Uh, I want to respect your time. Wow. We've been going. Did we cover it all? I think we got, I think we got, I think we got every, I honestly, we could probably talk for two more hours about like different stuff and pain and injuries and got crazy stuff that you've seen and all that different kind of stuff. But, um, where can, um, oh, well, I guess I'll ask the question that I've asked everybody. What's your least favorite thing about the, training fitness rehab space least favorite and then favorite okay my least favorite is trainers coaches rehab professionals who seem to be talking past each other or getting into arguments about the minutia and not really caring about what matters to the client or the athlete um I think we spend a lot of time on social media. I'm not very active on social media, but I see a lot of coaches, trainers, PTs, Kairos posting stuff. And I'm just like, who are you talking to? Who is this for? And what, what good is going to come out of saying this? You know, it's usually like they're trash talking, you know, some methodology or something else. Or so. And I get it. We need to be critical of, of stuff that is just downright, you know, unsubstantiated, but um, you know, I, in the end of the day, I, I really believe in talking directly to the client or to the athlete and yeah. educating them directly. And, um, you know, everyone's going to have their different viewpoints, but in the end we have the same goal. We want to help people. We want to help them perform better. So, exactly. you know, I think keeping that in mind is, is at the forefront of hybrid. Luckily, luckily that's right. what I get to do. I don't have to deal with talking to a bunch of other trainers and coaches in the peanut gallery, I get to talk right to the the athletes and in, in our right. audience. So I feel fortunate. I'll talk. I mean, I like if I'm with a coach or something like that, and we're riffing on something or whatever, like, you know, we can have a conversation about like some of these, again, some of the outlandish like things and systems and like things that people are mm-hmm. saying as, and treating them as like, by you know, the, Mm-hmm. functional at all like whatever like that mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but it's like i don't care enough to like post about that on my social media like i just want to help right. people like i'm right. i'm not exactly. i'm not here to like review uh different training systems i could care less yeah. like honestly like at the end of the day it's like i, I have a i'm around a circle of people now like that people that i follow people that i've had on the podcast that i i respect the hell out of and like i don't follow people that I don't respect. So it's like, right. I don't, yeah, it's not like, I just don't, again, like I'm the, the, the stuff that I'm trying to post, like I'll show myself working out just because, but like most of the stuff that I share is all to help other people, like the podcast, the, the, the posts, it's all yeah, to be exactly just 
generally helpful. Like You're not one of the good ones. Well, I, I mean, it's just, I, and I'm not trying, like, I'm not trying to like, you know, sound whatever altruistic <laughs> or whatever, but it's just like, I don't, the, the, the arguing, like you said, back and forth on social media about it's, it's, it, it just, it's everything when, when, whether it's nutrition stuff, like only eat meat or only eat vegetables or only eat fruit. It's like, no, like the healthiest people I know eat a combination of all that stuff. It's like, uh, so, yep. And I mean, obviously it's very apparent in the nutrition space, but like, yeah. even within training models and stuff like, you know, this, this, this is, you know, suboptimal and this is mm -hmm. it's like, okay, like we're, we're, it's this, these arguments are so stupid and just right. driven. It's right. Uh, but I will say you wanted to know my favorite part, right? Yes. Okay. My, my favorite part, I feel like sometimes I get into a little bit of a lull and I'm like, I think that what I know is almost common knowledge or a portion of what I know even is just common knowledge. And then I get a question from someone, either online person, and I go, oh, you don't know about this. Yeah. I love that moment because, okay, yes, it is sad. Like I'm, I'm sad that this person isn't getting the right information that they right. seek, but, but I'm also glad because, you know, that's our job. This is the, this is what we're here for. We're here to educate people. We're here to spread good sound knowledge. We're here to appreciate the nuance and not give them answers that they just want to hear right. or answers that will just make us money. Um, I think that is a very eye-opening experience whenever it does happen. When someone asks me a question and in the back of my mind, I'm like, wow, I can't believe this person doesn't know that. And I get to explain it to them and, right. and, that's, that's probably, that's the first thing that's coming to my mind right now. When I think about all of the favorite things I have about working in this industry, there's obviously, there are so many, and I, I know I shit on PT school and I shit on other trainers and I shit on other PTs sometimes, but, um, I just wouldn't trade it for the world. This is the, this is the best job I could have asked for. Well, and I mean, I think again, the general, the, the people that we're seeing, like the general fitness clientele and you know, that, that population, the reality is, is they, they aren't super educated on exactly like movement and strength training specifically. Um, so it's like, yeah, we're around like all these great smart fitness professionals, like that we follow on social and that like we interact right. with. Um, but the reality is, is like most people don't know, like just the basic, exactly. you know, baseline stuff. So again, and that I, I, is where you're going to make the most the most change in the world, yep. you know, I'm, I agree. I'm in it for, for the long haul and I'm in it for, for the bigger picture, you know, trying to make the world a, a smarter, more, more informed, um, fitter place, you know, healthier place, man. And that's, healthier that's what place. it, that's, yeah, that's what it's all about. And yeah. yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more where, uh, where can everybody find you, Becca? Um, find me on Instagram at Becca dpt. And I'm not too active on there as of right now. Maybe I'll hop on the train where everybody takes screenshots of their tweets and posts them to their gallery. That's, uh, I don't know, maybe. That's me. <laughs> that's like I, where it's at I, right now. Well, but it's just I'm, like, I'm too indecisive. It's just like, I want to delete it right away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, so I, I just, what I, what I, what I, like, I just, I downloaded Twitter because like, I was like, I need a place to dump ideas. Like if I have an yeah. idea, I can just like, instead of it like coming in and like leaving me while I'm driving, like I, if I'm at a red light, I can just tweet it real quick 
and like yeah. get, get it out there. And then, <laughs> and then like, typically it sparks, like I'll go back and look at it later and then I'll be like, all right, like I can make a longer form like post right, on this. Right. Which it's like a springboard. Most, which most people on Instagram don't fucking read anyway. So, you know, I could just post reels and just be done with it. Like yeah, just post yeah. training reels and like little pop-up. Like No, yeah. but honestly, think I mean, like I said, you're one of the good ones and you're putting good information out there. So it's like that's the best, the best scenario. And one of these days I'll get off my I don't know what's stopping me, but I'll be a little bit more active maybe on social get media. on your but, yeah get on your Twitter game start doing some screenshot posts I yeah. want to see it Becca. <laughs> Ooh, the world I'm wants, the world wants well, to know if, what's going on up, upstairs if anyone wants to know then they can hybrid they can follow at hybrid performance method and then our Ooh, educational go. content you can you can point that back to me hopefully it sounds a little bit like my voice but not too much beautiful um, but yeah I'll link all that stuff in the in the description um Sweet. Becca really great conversation thanks so much for coming on Thank you so much for having me, Ben.